This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Welcome to Happy Homes and Gardens. I'm your host. My name is Daphne Royce. I am a real estate broker, architecture, and interior designer. Fashion is one of the biggest industries in the world, but it's also the second largest polluter in the world. Boomerang provides a service to address this issue. Let's welcome Shelby Gill, who is the founder of Boomerang, to share her insights. Hello, Shelby. Hi, Daphne. Thank you for having me. Please tell us who you are and what Boomerang does. Well, I'm Shelby Gill. I'm the founder of Boomerang. Boomerang is a B2B SaaS for fast fashion enterprises. We help them streamline their return management in order to automate returns. So that way, instead of it going to landfill or to other waste sites, it's instead resold to another happy customer. Once I decided to, I had been working other than my day job. I, you know, worked as an information systems specialist for a growing disability services startup. Based in Northern California, and when I wasn't doing that, you know, working with our most vulnerable citizens, I was working on the beginning formations of Boomerang. I was nights and weekends I was working on building an app, and from there I would help people make their returns that of their fast fashion purchases. From then on, I was able to, to catch the attention of some folks also in the tech space who. Were excited about the work that I was doing. One of them being my now co-founder Dalton, who was like, I he messaged me on LinkedIn. He was like, I really like what you're doing. This seems to be like a like a mashup of like Flexport and Stitch Fix, which are two you know other really exciting like companies. I like the work that they're doing. Let me know how I can help. And that experience in that moment was very eye-opening for me because from then on we just really hit it off and we're able to hit the ground running on working together uh, from. You know the, the little bit of traction I was able to accrue on my own. You know so early because prior to founding Boomerang, I did not have a background in logistics or retail. I was the passionate outsider. I understood the problem. I had done the work to really to understand it holistically from talking to experts within the industry and getting firsthand experience. But a lot of my experience came from, and my intrigue came from understanding. Why the problem was, which is consumer behavior, and I fit the mold of that Gen Z consumer who's shopping for trendy products and is just kind of buying just simply to try on at you know willy nilly. And I felt like I can solve a problem for myself. I had done that in the past. There are important insights about not just myself but shoppers like me that I'd like to share. And I don't think I represent a minority, but a growing majority of e-commerce shoppers. That we now see represented in the TikTok generation of Gen Z and Gen Alpha, where they're constantly shopping, whether it's on Instagram or TikTok, and seeing items that are exciting that they want to purchase because they don't want to miss out on the opportunity to own it, but they are still interested in receiving a return once they are no longer satisfied with that product. If they are, so having I think moments like that, those moments of serendipity, where you know you may not have everything figured out, but you gain skills along the way. And you catch the attention of very smart people who are quite capable and are intrigued and inspired by your confidence, and you're willing to take risks that they join you on this journey. And that has been so inspiring to myself and other people that I've been able to meet and bring along as team members. 
And it's funny how like you will never quite realize the who you're catching the attention of because we're just disciplined every day and doing what we do. And I was fortunate enough to be introduced to Tom Dillon, one of the founding CEOs of Netflix. He helped Netflix and created the red envelope strategy for their company back when they were still shipping DVDs. And he was like, I'm really interested in what you're doing with returns. And I never thought little me would, you know, be able to, what is it, gain the interest or, you know, the intrigue of industry professionals that I now look up to and not only just, you know, have their ear, but also have their support is really inspiring because he was like, okay, I've worked with Friends of Runway. Um, I like that you're interested in fashion. I respect the insights that you're bringing to the table. Like, let me help you kind of shape this. And that's something that like, I always share with people because I think it's important to note that like, it's not about having everything figured out free out the gate. It's about going out there, seeing what you can do to solve it, seeing what you can do to fix it with the resources that you have. And when, when you least expect it, the, the jump or the boost that you need is right around the corner and it meets you where you need it. And that has been so inspiring. And that's what I try to, you know, instill into my teammates every morning in my emails or, you know, on the phone with everyone, because I think it can be very serious. What is it we're doing? However, I try to always inject some sort of levity or serendipity or just whimsicalness, I guess, somewhere to the name of the company into the work that we do every day. And that's how we keep it fun and light. So that's what I have enjoyed most about this journey. Thank you for sharing. What a story. Yes. <laughs> how did you come up with your business name, Boomerang? I came up with the name because I wanted something that spoke to the quick back and forth action, similar to a boomerang. But however, I wanted to make the spelling and the style of it much more whimsical and fashionable because that's the audience that we're appealing to. The boomerang, the G-U-E, I've definitely had people ask me like, oh, is meringue your favorite dessert? Which is. Um, I think that just happens subconsciously. But yes, I know at first I would get people asking like, oh, is this a French cafe? And I'm like, no, we're a return reverse logistics automation company. So it's nice to, to stand out amongst the rest. You definitely stand out. I love the spelling. Thank you. You studied political science in college. How did you start this business? Well, I studied political science with a minor in human rights and the focus of my work was always making policy and legislation accessible to all and really finding the ways that and and focusing on how there was a disconnect between marginalized communities and the policy that was created to benefit them. And that mindset carried on into the rest of my career and now with Boomerang because I noticed that there was a rise in conversation about circular fast fashion and the majority of it focused on refraining from shopping from fast fashion whatsoever and only shopping with, you know, holistic, ethically made clothing. And while that's a great ideal to strive for, I noticed how many young women and young adults felt excluded from the circular and sustainable fashion movement because they couldn't afford those well-made garments. They were limited to only shopping with fast fashion because it's size inclusive, it's affordable, it's easily accessible online. So I said, how can we make what people are already doing sustainable and circular. And that's how we came across Boomerang. 
How much waste does the fashion contribute to U.S. and the world? There have been reports that the waste can grow to a amount as high as 100 billion garments per year,、um, which translates to about 92 million tons of clothing. However, only 20% of clothes are actually reused or recycled,、um, which is where we come in. We, after doing our own research and working with customers, we realized that 70% of returns are actually not defective or problematic in any way. They just will return due to the consumer's personal taste. And as it stands right now, majority of those perfectly fine returns are being sent to landfill because they're out of season. Whereas with us, we see a future where you can simply automate the resale process to another nearby consumer, and that's how we work to eliminate the textile waste and overproduction caused by fast fashion. I was surprised. Eighty percent was sent straight to landfill. Yes, yes, very surprising, very shocking. Um, there's definitely a lot of work being done to sort of minimize or、uh, kind of like obscure the press and the narrative around the waste that fast fashion accrues because you never want to make consumers feel bad, which is why we always want to focus on you know it's a it's a supply chain it's a habit it's a consumer behavior that can be simply automated or optimized or adjusted for. Just curiosity, eighty percent went to landfill. A part of that can be recyclable. Well, we focus on reuse, which would be the step before recycle, because majority of fast fashion is created from plastic. So the recyclable properties are far and few in between. Therefore, it's best to simply just keep it in good condition and resell it as, as is, as opposed to trying to, you know, sort it or decompose it for、uh, parts in order to recreate it. So we focus as far as the Reuse, recycle, reduce portion of the circular economy. We sit within the reuse space. And you mentioned earlier, Boomerang is a SaaS-based company. Yes. Can you explain how it works? Absolutely. So we work with fast fashion retailers who are excited and enthusiastic about sustainability and resale. We integrate into their existing order management system or their supply chain or inventory management system in order to automate the resale process from one customer to the next. So instead of when a customer decides that they are, you know, no longer going to purchase a product or no longer happy with it when they go to return it, they are getting receiving a shipping label and it's currently being sent back to distribution, where it's not necessarily the priority to sit and sort through and assess the return and resale condition. However, with Boomerang, we make sure that that shipping label is being sent to another consumer that's also interested in that product, and they're nearby, further eliminating the redundant back and forth of shipping products. How would you manage the quality management? Yes, I knew that was going to be the question. So what we've just what we've developed with our own product is we have a elaborate source of notification systems, similar to how you're shopping online, and you know. You receive an email from the retailer saying, "Did you like your purchase? Did you, you know, would you rate it five stars?" We're able to work with the retailer to create branded notifications that say, "Did you receive this return and was it in quality condition as described on the website?" If it's not, we have the ability to exclude it or take it out of the boomerang loop system and make sure that it's sent back to the original retailer. And we also have the ability to quality assess before it's sent out through image creation, through you know, the consumer taking a picture. 
or them describing the quality and condition and being able to assign accountability to its quality as it goes from one consumer to the next. Because for retailers, their best and their worst customers are often both returning at the same rate. And especially for women's e-commerce, the return rate can be as high as 50%. People are trying on and trying on just to buying it just to try it on. And you don't want to limit or their their consumer behavior because they're interested in your brand. You just want to have some sort of quality control. So we make sure that that, that, that that's done through notifications and clear communication between the consumer, the retailer, and Boomerang. So that way no one's getting our product that they don't want. Do you limit it, the period of a return and acceptance? Yeah, we do. It's definitely based on, you know, the fastness of fast fashion. There are some companies that, you know, we work with where their return cycle is 90 days, others who have a 30-day return cycle or even as short as two weeks. And we take a fraction of that to take the time to, once the consumer is ready to notify us that they want to return an item, to then find a nearby customer who's interested. And what we are doing with this process is by being able to take in unique customer insights of, you know, why did you make this return? And not just because it didn't look like the picture on the website or because it was too small or too big. Where was it exactly? Was it in the waist? Was it in the arms? Being able to take that information and build a 360 view of the consumer so that way you can further enhance your product suggestions to them the next time they come to shop at your website is important. I love those feedbacks. I always yes. read those feedbacks. Yes, yes, definitely. As someone who I love, you know, like going online and watching people try on clothes that I'm interested in buying just to get a sense of it, I'd love to be able to use my own data and have and develop a relationship with the retailers that I most like shopping from. You mentioned many times. So what exactly is fast fashion? Is this a fashion trend? Fast fashion is describing the way in which clothes are produced. Um, that's often talking about the the conditions that the labor is procured, uh, as well as just the time that that, fast, that that fashion item is considered in season and that it's most valuable. When we talk about fast fashion, usually people are thinking of Shein or Fashion Nova, which can, I would describe as more like ultra fast fashion because those trend cycles can fluctuate every two weeks. But fast fashion even looks like larger uh, household name retailers that we know and use every day, but their fast fashion is maybe a three-month trend cycle. Fast fashion is talking about the quality or the lack of sustainability within the clothes and the garment in order to be able to quickly produce a trendy style that people want to wear right at the moment. Are you only focused for domestic labels or also international labels? We work with both. We definitely noticed that there is a popularity overseas with fast fashion retailers being able to sell to U.S. audiences here. Um, so we don't necessarily limit it. However, we, you know, we're a Sacramento-based company. We, you know, like testing our product where, you know, our hometown is. So that's what we focus on for the meantime. But we are not opposed at all to expanding. Can you let us know how big is the fashion return market? So in the most recent reporting, it has been reported that over $761 billion in fashion returns were made in the U.S. alone in 2022. Um, 
And for our market with women's fast fashion apparel returns, we have about a $92 billion market. So this is not a niche, you know, once in a while problem. This is, even though it's a consumer-based problem, we are working with actual enterprises in order to solve it because they're on the front end of it. Because for every time that people or I, you know, delay on returning our item or don't always give the the utmost or the best reason as to why we're choosing to return it, it results in millions upon millions of dollars of profit lost for the retailer themselves. And that's something that we definitely learned how to explain that problem as we were on our journey developing our product because when we would talk to people, they only saw returns as something between themselves and the retailer, not something that themselves, their neighbor, and their entire community were participating in, which would cause this problem. And it's not so much that, as I've seen in the past, reports talk about how consumers are at fault for return waste. It's not that they're at fault. They're not aware of what's happening. Most people assume that their returns are being resold and they're often not. So people want to be a part of a circular of a circular system and a sustainable system if you give them the tools to do so. And that's what we're here working on. People often shop online rather than in stores. Do you know the return rates online? Mm-hmm. What do what do we do for clothes that are no longer in fashion? So the industry standard for e-commerce you'll hear fluctuate between twenty and thirty percent, and that's for everything from basketball hoops to rollerblades. However, for we focus on women's e-commerce fashion, that can have a return rate as high as fifty percent for everything, or women's like dresses and blouses and you know pants, depending on the fit. Because it is so unique to that particular customer, of course, there's going to be a high return rate, and has nothing to do with the quality of the item, but just the fit and the cut and the the hemline, all the things we have to take into account. Why do you think your solution is the best suit to solve this problem? I had no idea this this idea and that would turn into a product, which turn into a business, would take us this far. I was just doing my own online shopping, getting ready for a girls' trip, and I was like, I need to get some new clothes. You know, we're going to be all over Instagram uh, celebrating, and it quickly turned into me having these thoughts about, you know, I want to be part of the circular economy. I want to identify with this growing movement, but these are the clothes that are available to me. How? What's happening? So I started doing my research. I started talking to logistics professionals and. Making phone calls and making visits, and really having to follow like a journalist this trail of where these returns were going, and delivering that information in whatever way that I could, and then acting on it by then developing product and having discussions as to what the solution could look like. I choose to focus on fast fashion because I think that because of my own experience. And the experiences I represent of Gen Z, who is passionate about fast fashion and passionate about sustainability, and you shopping as a form of entertainment and social connection—you never want to stifle that level of creativity.、Um, so that's where I was trying, working to find a happy medium between sustainability and fast fashion. We also focus on reuse because of the fact that fast fashion is still the most accessible, most widely shopped form of clothing. Uh, worldwide, like we understand that because the type of garments are being made and the flat and the amount of plastic in the fabric, that they will not have a 
reuse or they will not have a recyclable life cycle, it's important to leverage the reuse route as much as possible and as quickly as possible. So we, in a way, we wanted to make fast fashion even faster for the sake of eliminating textile waste and make sure that that item is able to go through the whole entire life cycle and product and useful journey, as opposed to just simply being bought, tried on and discarded for no accurate reason. Just very curious, if they know the 80% going to landfill, why don't they capture for recycle before they go to landfill? I think it's a, it's a, uh, it's a partnership issue. It's an also a, a an issue of scale. So, people who are selling clothes online, e-commerce retailers, their job and their focus is to drive revenue and drive sales. So, in a way, they've created a business where they're focused on okay, well, let's just focus on selling the next collection. Never mind that we received. You know, a mass amount of returns last season. We're focused on this today, um, and because of the nature of the product, it doesn't necessarily have as many avenues towards recycle recycling or being turned into like housing insulation as some startups are working on. It limits its ability to go into the circular economy, which is what we work to solve because we know that the ultimate goal for a retailer is to want to make money and to make sales. Which we help them do, as well as still hit their sustainability goals and initiatives, which is what we do.、Um, I think we're uniquely positioned to solve it because myself, my co-founder, and the rest of our teammates we shop fast fashion, we enjoy fashion, and we don't look at it as something frivolous. We don't look at fashion consumers as people who have frivolous interests, but rather they're everyday consumers who just want to be supported in reaching their sustainability goals. No different than in a large company. Do you have a data for something not fast fashion? Do they have the same return rates as well? Similar to kind of like e-commerce rates, you would have about like in general, if it's not fast fashion, rates for return can reach about thirty percent.、Um, for in-store, it can reach fifteen, just because of the the friction between trying to drive back to the store to return something. Um, and at that point, you're able to kind of modify it with encouraging exchange. So, which is speaks to why your original question is, what are the rates for other e-commerce returns? Which is why fashion is such a cost for waste because there's so much variation because it is very nuanced and personal what that fit is and how satisfied you are with that purchase. It's much different than buying a, a power tool or a basketball hoop. <laughs> I do have a question about your business model. For someone wants to return, and they can send it to somebody one of the item nearby, how will you protect consumer privacy? So what we do is we are constantly exploring ways to create private or anonymous shipping labels. Right now, we do that through we are experimenting with ways of keeping that label private. Um, but we know that that's one of our concerns as well, for not only because of the case of consumer privacy, but also just return to sender issues and just making sure that that supply chain, the logistics of that product are on lock once they leave the warehouse and once they leave the first consumer's home. So we've been able to master that so far locally, and we're excited to expand it. 
are your services only available in U.S. or also outside the U.S.? Right now, we're focusing on the U.S., um, but we are, you know, open to expansion and different ideas. I think we're not so much limited by geography, just by the willingness to work with our company. I think it's an exciting idea. I think a lot of retailers are very excited about returns and resale and the opportunity to recapture revenue. Um, so it's just a matter of where we want to take it next. But and we're open to adventure. That's something that I will say. We're open to the adventure of going of, of trying our product internationally. We in a different generations right now. Gen Z and also millennial, they they seem like they buy, show off, and then dispose. What I mean is, there's a lot of TikToks, a lot of social media. What do you have to tell on this? Yeah, I know. Growing up, I grew up with fast fashion. Um, you know, being in middle school and going to Forever 21 for the first time, and it was you know really exciting because it was just like this. You know, huge store with thousands of different varieties of shirts and dresses and skirts, and there is a pressure when you're because we are online. I'm Gen Z. You know, you have this online persona and this online identity that you want to be seen in something new in order to further extend that identity and seem interesting and relate to people through the clothes that you wear and the trends that are that are happening and fluctuating every two weeks. It has since grown, and you know, grown from Forever Twenty One to Fashion Nova being really popular because it was able to leverage. They were able to leverage influencers who had discount codes to sell to their own audience, and really putting the power back in the consumer to see themselves reflected in the product and be encouraged to buy that product that their own favorite celebrity is wearing. Now we have the rise of TikTok and shopping and being able to see a product that someone else is wearing and being able to purchase it from right there within the app. That's why for me, I was like, I understand the concerns of circular fashion and sustainable fashion, but because shopping and life itself is so disconnected and very isolated, especially post-pandemic, people are are hungry. Especially young people are hungry for ways to relate to one another. And one of the ways that we're doing that right now is through clothing, and showing that we're tapped into the trend cycle that fluctuates every two weeks. So I, I was like, how can we envision a future that doesn't stifle that creativity need for connection, and encourages it, but finds ways to possibly benefit on the swiftness of fast fashion, and create a supply chain that's just as quick and automated as fast fashion is itself. Uh, I've been very fortunate to. Like have the privilege to buy, you know, well sustainably made clothes as well as still indulge in fast fashion, and I cherish those items as much as I do, you know, vintage pieces that I found in a thrift shop.、Um, I don't think that people who shop from fast fashion clothing brands are bad or purposely being harmful. They're just acting in ways that are available to them, and for the most part, I don't think even that fast fashion shoppers are particularly wasteful. People are wearing clothes for the entire life cycle, whether it lasts five or fifteen wash cycles. They're still using it to the best of their ability, and then you know, being able to discard it once that item is no longer of use or in proper shape. And I'm excited to see the rest of the thread of where fast fashion is able to go, and possibly being able to further down the line leverage sustainable materials. 
right now we promote re reusable energy, so we don't use a fossil fuel. And I know some cultures, for example, like the French, they more focus on quality. So they have a nice quality wardrobes rather than a whole closet of a just wear once and you never want to wear again. How can we improve in the fashion industry? Send us we use as energy sources to improve waste. That's an interesting question. Because one, I think similar to we talked about earlier about getting those consumer insights in during the return process, make sure that the information is not lost about why that purchase didn't work out and where what the fit issues were specifically. When we talk about French fashion, we're usually talking about couture or custom-made clothing. And being able to gather insights over time on a particular consumer and offer them specific SKUs or items that accommodate for their fit concerns is possibly a way of automating that very traditional and expensive and time-consuming couture or tailoring fit process that most don't have access to. When we talk about couture clothing or finely made clothing that's made tailored to the consumer, for the average person, their only access or contact with that type of, with that level of apparel is their wedding day when they're wearing a wedding dress or a custom made suit or a prom dress, possibly. But we're usually, we are at a point where fast fashion has been made to fit only small, medium, large and most people do not fit into the confines of those three fit types. And even as we go on to expand size ranges, where you know more room is created or where inches are added does not necessarily fit for each particular consumer. So I think being able to leverage data from the returns process will help refine and reduce the carbon, the carbon emissions from the overall return and reverse logistics process because it would be redundant with the data. It would be redundant to send items to a consumer that you know wouldn't fit based on the information that you have on them. Shabby, I envy what you do, and I hope that we will get a solution on the fashion trends and also fashion industry to eliminate the wastes. Would you tell people how they can contact you about your services? Thank you. If you would like to learn more about Boomerang, we are in closed beta, so we are busy at work, but I'm always accessible on LinkedIn at my first and last name, Shelby Gill, C-H-E-L-B-Y-G-I-L-L. -L. And there, from there, I post about the work that we're doing and what we're working on and who has decided to join us on our journey. And I'd love to hear your concerns about fast fashion, what you found interesting, and you know, just further trade thoughts and insights about what we can do to solve this problem. Thank you so much, Shelby. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You have just listened to Tall Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.